this uh, season, we're in a 40-day journey of hearing God uh, with the Sunday teaching on the open ear of the bondservant. Now we've arrived at a presentation today that we're going to be doing on knowing your destiny. Uh, I've spoken on this topic many times at Grace and Peace over the years in different ways. So today we want to focus it on the concept of uh, hearing God for our destiny, uh, that what He has for us would come to pass. Wouldn't that really be the desire of all of our hearts? That, Lord, what you want for us would come to pass. Amen? I want to get out of your way and not be in your way. Amen? Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, and that we would clearly hear on this very important topic. Um, you know, we, we need to get this right. We need to get this right that we would hear from the Lord because we're created unto the Lord for good works. We know that. And we know by the Word of God we're redeemed, we're reconciled, we're brought into right standing again with the Lord because of Jesus, because we were alive unto the Lord, we were born, all have died spiritually, all need to be born again. And by Jesus, our living Word, He produces in us the good works, the good fruit that we're to have in our time here in our earth walks. Uh, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, for we are His workmanship. Isn't that good news? You're not your own workmanship? I would, I would goof it up. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for which God has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And John 15, 8, Jesus tells us, my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Not just fruit, but much fruit. As long as there's a breath in your nostrils, why you're here is to bear fruit for the kingdom. And that you would leave that one day when you're long gone, and that others would benefit from the fruit you left behind. You know, the saying that we stand on the shoulders of giants is true. We are living by the benefit of those that have gone before us in many years past in the kingdom of God where we are today. We are standing on their fruit, and we don't even realize it at times. And others will, we hope, stand on our fruit one day. And the kingdom of God advances, and the purposes of God come to pass. And there's no greater thing on this earth to know the Lord and to be used of Him. These are the greatest things in life we, we have to enjoy, to be used of the Lord. What an honor. And uh, so we're created for these good works, bearing fruit in our lives. And you know, this speaks of our destiny, our days ahead of us. This speaks of our purpose in life. It speaks of our destiny. This is a discovery of a lifetime. You are on, we all are on a discovery of a lifetime. That's why we hear him, that we would be fruitful in our good works and glorify him. You know, one of the, I think it's one of the greatest compliments you can show someone. Wow, they glorify, they glorify the Lord. Yeah, one of the greatest compliments we could ever have said of us, uh, that, that we have fruit that glorifies Christ. So hopefully at this stage of our 40-day journey, uh, we're more than just abiding in him. We're starting to have his word abide in us. We're knowing the truth and going free, as it tells us up there. And hopefully we're all pregnant with dreams and visions of God and in our inner man, or they're on the way. Uh, as we begin to focus now on receiving revelation and the ambitions and strategies from heaven as resources to pursue this inheritance that we have, our destiny. I'm sure you've heard the scripture before. Good time to bring it out again. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, where the Lord is talking, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Do you realize that? He only good thoughts of you. We tend to put our own thoughts out and put our own selves down. 
He has good thoughts constantly towards us. Even sometimes when we don't hear that clearly, he's still got good thoughts coming towards us. And we need to remember that our God is for us, not against us. And it's because of Jesus, not by something I could do. Because of Jesus, good thoughts flow to me when I said yes to Christ and then did the will of the Father to receive him as Savior. So good thoughts are coming towards us. We've got to tune into them. You know, like the old radio example, those of you who are old enough to remember playing the radio, I know you're out there. You know, you get up in the morning, you turn the radio on, and if you don't hear something, you don't say, well, that station, it stopped sending its signal today. No, you say, what's wrong with my receiver? What's wrong with my radio? I got to tune in better. That's us. Father God is always sending his signal. He always has good thoughts coming towards us. He always has his will coming towards us by the Spirit. But the receiver doesn't always pick it up. We got to tune in a little more all the time. Then we make sure we get that signal coming in because he's surely talking. Yeah, we block it too many times. We got to hear the signal better. So our hearing from God is um, not about receiving guidance for somebody else's life, although we think we like to do that. It's really, or outside of our sphere of authority, it's about hearing God's government for my own life. I'm only responsible for my own life. Isn't that true? Those of you who have parents and, we're, and your children grow older, you're quickly fine. They're responsible for their own lives. You want to be responsible for them, but you shouldn't. They have to be responsible for their own lives. That's why you sow truth and life into them. But make sure you, uh, they ask before you give it. Oh, they don't like that. They got to ask first. But they will, and you'll be there to give them wisdom. But uh, your own life of, is the only thing you can control. I can't control somebody else's life, but I can control my life. I can't control somebody else's thoughts, but I can't control my own thoughts. I can control myself. I'm responsible to control myself. We all are. So um, he's talking about our own life, our own spheres of influence. And you know, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, when God communicates to leaders that they would communicate uh, to, the, to their congregations, today all his sheep hear his voice. Isn't that good news? You don't have to go to some pastor to hear God for you. You don't have to go to some prophet to hear God for you. You're living in the Old Testament if you're doing that. You don't go to God on your own in the Old Testament. You go through the Levitical system. You go through the, the priesthood. You go through the prophets if you want to hear from God. I go to Jesus. Isn't that good news? I got prophets and pastors and nice people to help with the gifts in them. But I go to Jesus. All his sheep have the ability to hear his voice. That does not leave us helpless. That's good news. We can go and hear the Lord for ourselves. So hearing is, um, to operate outside of our sphere of authority is, is, would be a mistake. We need to individually hear from the Lord our God and to grow in love for him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and of course to love our neighbor as ourselves. How can you say you hear from God but you don't like the neighbor? Well, you don't have to like them, but you need to pray for them, right? You need to love them. There can be people you don't like, but you can love them, though. And how does that show? Will you pray for them as you would pray for yourself? That shows you love them. I learned that years ago from uh, Dr. Michael Brown when he came here one time. He was talking about um, people who really opposed him very viciously. And he said, I will pray for you like I pray for myself. That was an eye-opener. That's love in action, where we truly can say, I love my neighbor. Wow. Wow. We, we love ourselves real good, you know. Amen. So this is not a feeling we have here, 
but an act of uh, compassion in expressing that we're true disciples, growing in the nurture and the mission of the Lord. Thus, uh, in love, we come together to grow more and more like Jesus. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul tells us, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. We all are still under construction, all still growing in Christ. None of us have arrived. Those who think they have will have an altar call for liars to cast the devil out of you. But for all of us, the rest of us, we know we're still growing. All are at different levels, but we're still growing. And thank God for that, that he's good to us. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, Paul says, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Truly, if we are people of faith, we're people of love. Otherwise, we've missed it by a mile. Uh, in Psalm 139, verse 17, the psalmist says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. It's so nice to know he has thoughts to me and they're precious. Praise God. So the future for all of us, when we look ahead, could be very foreboding. Especially we tend to view our future from our past, from our past mistakes and our past inadequacies or past failures. Um, and sometimes it looks like we're all alone in it. But if we're following the voice of our good shepherd, we're not alone. We need to be content that he'll lead us into paths of righteousness for his namesake. As the Apostle Paul knew that when he said all things work together for good to them who are called, predestined, who know the Lord. Uh, like Paul, we can run our race and know that ha as we do, we press on towards the mark. I shouldn't be just living one day at a time, a year at a time. There should be a purpose in where I'm going and what he's called us me to do. I need to discover that. Paul himself said of himself at the end of his life in Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Don't we all want to say that? Amen. I have kept the faith. I remember I, I saw a gravestone one time outside of Smithsville. There's a Methodist church there. And I was walking in the graveyard and on this lady's gravestone, don't know who in the world she was. She passed away in the 1800s, but it said she kept her faith. Those believers at that time made a statement about this woman's life. And that still speaks to this very day. She kept her faith. And that's what we want to do. Uh, Paul was a man who worked out his destiny. We want to do the same. I'll tell you a quick story, a true story. Uh, this is this his Bible teacher. He's gone home to be with the Lord. And he was in a car in the back seat, and he was driving past the church, and this church had a huge cemetery. And um, he's just staring at the cemetery. And also the Lord spoke to him. He said, what do you see? He said, I see a cemetery. Dead people. The Lord said, mm, that's not what I see. He's like, Lord, what do you see? He said, I see people with lost potential. I gave them potential and they took it to the grave. Wow. He went on to write a book on potential, by the way. That's how we got it. Yeah. God's given us all potential. And when we talk about our destiny, don't take it to the grave. I don't care how old you are, how young or old. There's always potential. There's always destiny that the Lord would use us in this day. Don't take it to the grave. Don't live for yourself. Live for him. There's a destiny for you to walk out. Every one of us have that. We just have to discover mine might not be yours. Yours might not be mine. It's not limited to your physical condition. It's not limited to how much money you have or don't have. You have a destiny to walk out. Don't take it to the grave. Make sure you can say you've kept the faith and you've run towards that mark, that prize. 
Now, for some of us, of course, we'll find uh, that we will press into our destiny and fulfill it. Yet I know many won't. They'll be undone by adversity, discouragement, uh, listening to that voice of self that constantly puts them down. Uh, but Paul here sought Father God and got answers, and so should we. We need to be a people that will follow the destiny he's chosen for us. If we will press in, tune our radio, our spiritual radios in, we'll hear. John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Isn't that cool? Holy Spirit is here to guide me into all truth. Without him, I can't get it right. With him, I can. He'll tell me about the things to come if I would only press into him. This should be the focus of why we hear from God. Uh, we note here a Holy Spirit speaks of things to come. You know, if you imagine yourself paddling down a river somewhere, there's a fork in the river, don't know which where to go. Wouldn't it be nice to have the helicopter above you and you got your radio? Uh, turn there. Oh, okay, great, thanks. We don't have that luxury in life, but Holy Spirit is that helicopter watching us, right? He sees down the road. Uh, it's like when you ride your bicycle. If you just look at the front tire, you're going to go be all over the place and fall down. How do you ride your bicycle? You look down the road at a target that you're going for, and you're driving a straight line, or riding a straight line. That's how it is with Holy Spirit. He leads us to look down the road in, in what the main picture, the main purpose we're going towards, and we get it straight because of Him. He knows the course, and those who listen to Him get that course correct. So it's absolutely important that we be vitally in touch with Him, because we have to remember, apart from Him, I can do nothing. But in Him, there is no limit for how God can use someone. We just don't know. We limit ourselves constantly. So it's very important that we pray. It's very important that we pray with our mind. We don't check out our brains and say goodbye. We use them. But we want to be praying in the Spirit. We want Holy Spirit revelation falling upon us, right? Paul says that he prays in spirit and in the understanding of his mind. In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, if I pray in, my, in a tongue, my spirit prays, when my understanding is unfruitful to the mind. But what is the conclusion then? If I pray with the Spirit, I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. So we want to get that understanding from Him, those plans from Him. We want His guidance and wisdom. I think that's everyone knows that. But we don't want to be planning apart from Him. When we make plans apart from Him, we miss it. It tells us in Proverbs, especially of the unsaved, in Proverbs chapter 14, the way is, seems right in a man's, to a man, but in the end the way is death. You know, uh, we don't want our plans. We want his plans. So we, yes, good planning is important, but it's no substitute, right, for obedience to the Scriptures. And that would be a good time to do a commercial. Last Wednesday, Pastor Maureen's sermon, it was a home run. If you didn't hear it, it's okay. You can go back and hear it. A lot of gold nuggets there. Uh, I won't tell you what it is. I, lo I love the mirror stuff. Yeah. So you have to find out what that is. But she had mentioned, which is a good thing to mention here when we use the term obedience, uh, it means to be under the hearing. We need to be under the hearing of the Scripture and walking it, to obey it, to be under the hearing of it and do what it says. 
Uh, among unbelievers, there's many good intentions that are paving the road to hell. That's not our destiny. Our destiny is to be under the uh, counsel of the Word of God always first, and Holy Spirit brings us light. Um, you know, a very good saying, uh, don't throw rocks at me. You're not led by the Word of God. You're led by the Word of God through the Spirit. Now you can smile. <laughs> the Spirit allows us to be led by the Word of God. In John 5, Jesus, I'm not going to go to there, but Jesus rebukes the Pharisees because they believe they're led by the literal Scriptures. He said, if you were, it would have, would have witness of me. We are led by Holy Spirit through the Word of God. He's the one that illuminates it for us to make it come alive in our hearts so it, it gives us passion to go on the next day and the day after with purpose. You've got to have purpose in life. It's like salt in your shaker, you know. You've got to have purpose in life. That destiny, Holy Spirit will definitely give us. So it's important, though, that in our prayer lives, we were talking about hearing God, that we don't just pray because we've got to get out of a jam. We got into a mess. That we don't just make all these plans and ask the Lord to bless our plans. Uh, rather, we need to discover His plans, and that's where we'll find the blessing. Too many people plan real good and, take, and ask the Lord's imprimatur blessing on it, and that gets nowhere because He won't serve self. We serve Him. So we need to pick up what plans they would be. So the simple truth is we all want revelation from God. All of us do. But are we willing to uh, bend our hearts to the fact, acquiesce to the fact that only from Him can we receive that divine guidance if we are truly given our life over to Him? So part of this 40 days of hearing God, part of hearing the Lord for our destiny, are we really submitted to Him with our lives? That's a part of a surrendering, you know? It's always good somewhere in your prayer life Somewhere over the year, you have a time of consecration and surrender, where you have a time where you are reconsecrating your purposes are His. You're surrendering yourself to Him. Daily is good, but at least you do that sometime during the year where you stop back and say, what am I really living for? I'm living for Him. And you renew a consecration and a surrender. It tells us in John's I'm sorry, uh, Matthew's gospel. Jesus tells us here, he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, what's necessary and acceptable is that we forsake our own life's plans. I will only find my life in him. If I surrender, it brings me revelation. A lot of times if people uh, say, I'm not getting any revelation from God at all. Well, to me, that's a red flag. You're not surrendered. That's why you're not getting revelation. Of course, they get real offended when, when you say that to them, but you have to say it in a nice way. You're not getting revelation because you're not surrendered to him. <laughs> and so if you find yourself, you know, in that situation, and I certainly have been there, we need to surrender to get more revelation. We really do. Our destiny is found in his plans out of our surrender to him. We find them with that inner ear. We submit to those plans. And then we truly have found the destiny of God for our lives. As the Apostle Paul what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, due to time here, I just want to mention a few things. Um, uh, I want to give you a little bit of a checklist here of how we can avoid self-deception when we're seeking out our destiny. I'll just mention a few of them here because I have far too many for time. Uh, you know, we need to have a solid foundation in Christ. Isn't that simple? Are we promoting the kingdom of God? Is that what we're really doing with our days? You need to be. Those that have a 
promotion of the kingdom of God, hear from God. If you want God involved in your life, you've got to be involved with what he's involved with. Not the other way around. Are we promoting the kingdom? Are we abiding in our calling and our giftings? A lot of people walk outside their giftings. Don't do that. That's called frustration. Stay within your callings and giftings. Learn what they are. Um, you need to have singleness of purpose. Set your sights on the Lord and don't get distracted. Because we have a world that, that throws distraction at us day and night. And that is really one of the greatest tactics of the enemy in our day, just to distract us. Don't let the distractions of life pull you away from the Word of God, from time of prayer, and from loving the brethren and serving. Don't let, him, don't let them do that. Distractions are always going to be there. Don't submit to them. Um, it's very important that we get our priorities straight in life. The Lord is first. He's first in my marriage. He's first with my parenting. He's first in my occupation. He's first in my church. He's first in everything. If we submit to Him first, we get it right. Amen? And one of the great, I'll give you a little parenting thing quickly. One of the greatest things you could ever tell to your children when they're young is if you're a father, you're the most important person in the world to me next to Jesus. You're the most important person. I said that wrong. You're the person, per, most important person in the, in the world to me next to mommy. You're the most important person in the world to me next to daddy. What does that mean? You showed that child priorities. That parent comes before you. And then God comes before all of us. Now we teach our children priorities at a young age. That the Lord is always first. Then our spouse, our children. Um, I would encourage you never do ministry alone. Always be involved with other believers. We need each other. It's not sorry. It's not just you and Jesus. That's it. No, it doesn't work like that. And then you're floating around somewhere. We work, we're related to the body of Christ. There's other body parts we're attached to. We need each other. We need each other. For those that will not assemble with the believers. Now, the COVID season is strange we're living in. I'm talking about when there was no COVID. Those who refuse to assemble with the believers, they're always in danger because we need each other big time. And um, just maybe mention one more thing here. We need to develop a balance of life. You know, uh, both work, rest, play, and worship are all important. We need to work. There's value in it. God is honored by it. We need to rest. There's value in that. A lot of people see no value in rest. There's a lot of value in it. I know some people rest more than others, but there's a lot of value in it. Play is important. You need to enjoy your days in the Lord. And we need to be living a life of worship. I'm going to close here in a prayer for you. It's a long one. I'm not going to have you repeat it, but you can say the end part. Amen, Lord, be it done to me. You got that? Just bow your hearts to the Lord and let's just speak this over you. God's living word in me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we commit our walk to to the Word of God, to recognize your Word and its integrity in us, that sure, eternal steadfastness, and we trust you, Lord God, Lord God, for our provisions. You've sent your Word forth in our hearts. We ask that you let it dwell richly within us with all wisdom, that it would not depart from our mouths, that we would meditate on it day and night and be diligent to act upon it. For this incorrupt, incorruptible seed, this living Word, this Word of truth abides in us. And that seed is growing mightily in me now, in us all now, producing your nature, your life. It's counsel, it's shield, it's a powerful weapon for me in spiritual battle. 
For the lamp of the, uh, the Word of God is uh, onto my feet and a light to my path to make it plain before me. I do not stumble in my steps because they are ordered by you. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me in these days ahead in all truth. Give me understanding, discernment, comprehension that I would perceive what is the snares of the wicked one and stay far from them. I delight myself in you, Lord. I delight myself in your word. Because of that, you put your desires in my heart. I embrace them. I commit my way unto you, Lord, that you'd bring it to pass. I'm confident, Lord, that you will work in me and will your good pleasure and that I exalt your word and hold it in high esteem to give it first place. As I boldly and confidently say today, my heart is fixed and established upon the solid foundation, the living word of God. And all the people said, amen, Lord. Be it done unto me.